Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. From the lakefront to the riverfront, this is where Wisconsin sports fans come to talk. The Bill Michael Show. Now, here's your host, Bill Michaels. Welcome on this Monday, in which we wrap up uh, the week when it comes to the NFL. You've got a new champion in the NBA. You've got Major League, Major League Baseball trudging forward. Uh, by the way, we start out the uh, hour with some breaking news coming up on Friday, October 23rd. Friday, October 23rd, the Badgers will be playing the Fighting Illini, 7 o'clock. So that just came out. So we are uh, less than two weeks away from the Badgers getting their season underway. So a week from Friday night, uh, the Badgers are going to be taking on Illinois. 7 o'clock Friday night, October 23rd, and that's when they get it going. So we're going to have some Big Ten football coming back rather quickly. Good stuff there. Hey, sad note today, and I mentioned this uh, going into the break in the last hour. For those of you just joining the network, uh, I, you know, for those that knew, know me, I grew up in Cincinnati, man, I followed the big red machine when I was a kid. Uh, I'll never forget uh, them winning championships back in 75 and 76. And, you know, at the time, um, my mom, huge, huge, huge Reds fan taking us out on the porch and ringing cowbells, the whole neighborhood just pouring out into the streets, uh, when the Reds won the championship, then heading down to Fountain Square to watch them hoist the trophy and Sparky Anderson and Pete Rose, Johnny Bench. You go through that whole list of, you know, uh, you had Pete Rose, Dave Concepcion, Tony Perez, Johnny Bench, Ken Griffey. Uh, you know, had uh, um, uh, George Foster. You had uh, uh, Cesar Geronimo out in center field. They had a really solid pitching staff and such. Uh, one of the key cogs, a Hall of Famer uh, in that uh, in that team, George Mo- or George Joe Morgan, passed away today at the age of 77. And boy, this has been a hell of a year for Hall of Famers, and and just 2020s just sucked. But I don't think there was a kid in my neighborhood when we used to play baseball, and we used to grab our gloves, our bats, and all of us played hardball uh, from t-ball on up. And we used to get together as a group. I mean, there's probably God, I don't know, maybe 10 of us, 12 of us. Um, we used to go up to the schoolyard 
uh, which was right up the street from the house, nah, maybe a mile away if that, used to ride our bikes, you know, throw our gloves on the back of our bats and then put our bats across the handlebars and then off we went. I don't think there was one kid in the neighborhood that did not mimic Joe Morgan in that arm flap that he used to do in his batting stance at some point or another. And the fact that he was able to steal bases, an incredible defender, um, numerous time all-star, gold glove winner, MVP. He was able to hit for power. He was able to hit uh, into the gap and turn a double into a triple. I mean, just it, he was an incredible, incredible player uh, passing away at the age of 77. I When they closed County Stadium, they were here. ESPN was here. Uh, but prior to that, they had uh, – Joe Morgan had done a game here, and I can't remember who the opponent was, but they stayed at the Fister. And I had gotten to know Joe a little bit when I was doing work originally in Cincinnati and working for a radio station there, but I got to know him a little bit better. I had a, a sit-down. We just uh, – it wasn't an interview. It was just, I was just down at the Fister, and I ran into him. We started talking, so we sat in the hotel bar. And just, it was like an hour and a half, two hours. It was just talking baseball and talking Cincinnati and Big Red Machine and in comparison to today's day and age of baseball and talked a lot about the Brewers and the organization and the direction it needed to go and or was going. Uh, talked about the game of baseball. I'm just this incredible wealth of knowledge. And at first, I mean, Joe approached me because he didn't know me from anybody you don't know what people want to want to you know want from you with this wall up you know this not just kind of a feeling out period and after we sat there for a little while and I got a little bit of credibility because there was people that I knew that he knew so I guess if I was all right to hang out with them I was all right to hang out with him but just sat there and talked baseball and life and thoughts and there was a lot of personality clashes inside that that locker room inside that clubhouse that Sparky Anderson had to manage back uh, in 75, 76 and on. And, and he was always outspoken with Pete Rose, love Pete Rose like a brother, but always outspoken about Pete Rose and Pete's, you know, non-compliance when it came to admitting what he did in betting on baseball. And, and Joe being one of the governors of the hall of fame felt very strongly that Pete needed to kind of have a, a come-to-Jesus moment before he was going to find eligibility into the hall and certainly unbelievably respected Pete Rose's ability on the on the field and for the way Pete approached the game and the way Pete led on and off the field, but yet how Pete was kind of the wild card because he was a wild guy. And so it just it was such an incredible conversation, and I'll never forget it, but it was sad today to find out that Joe Morgan passed away at the age of 77. Another baseball Hall of Famer uh, leaves us. So I wanted to make sure I got that out and, and made sure that uh, you were up to date on when the Badgers were going to play again. Friday night, October 23rd, 7 o'clock against Illinois. That game will get underway, so less than two weeks away. So that's the way we start this particular hour. And, uh, again, the takeaway from the weekend, the NFL was played and you saw the Kansas City Chiefs fall uh, in front of fans, by the way. Fans are going back into the stands. Here's another question. Uh, again, I go back to watching the uh, Texas-Oklahoma game, the overtime game, which was just a, a thrilling, thrilling game to watch. But they didn't have any social distancing in that, in that ballpark. Holy mackerel, that stadium was packed. Uh, now, it wasn't sold out to the tune of 90,000, but it was packed. I mean, they, they, were, they were not social distancing. 
So my question is this. Do you feel, and this is something that we can even take a step further later on in the show, but do you feel the Packers should just open it up and say, you know, now I'm not going to say open it up to the tune of 80,000 or 77 or 78, 79,000. But do you think, uh, because I know right now Brown County is a hot spot. I get it. But do you think the Packers, much like many stadiums we saw in front of the crowd yesterday when Dak Prescott went down, you know, uh, Cowboy fans standing, giving him uh, the support as he was leaving. Now they were social distancing. There was only so many seats available in so many different areas. But I went to high school football over the weekend. I went to to peewee football over the weekend. Fans are in the stands. You know, there wasn't a whole lot of social distancing going on. I mean, they want you to do they they put X's on seats where not to sit. And as a mass community, nobody really abided by it. It was just like we're going to go where we want to go, uh, whether it's herd immunity or or you've been inundated with the information and you just don't care anymore or it's just become white noise. I, I, I don't know for whatever reason. But do you feel that there should be fans in the stands at Lambeau Field? You know, that's something to think about. Would you feel safe going? Because there's a politically correct answer and then what people say behind the scenes. And this is you and me, like like adults in a bar talking sports. Okay? That's it, it, what it is. Now, obviously without the profanity. But would you feel safe going back to Lambeau Field? So we'll talk about that coming up in a little bit as well. But should Matt LaFleur at this point in time for what he's accomplished after taking away from the weekend that there is not any team in the NFL that doesn't have a flaw and in today's day and age of this particular season, I look at the Green Bay Packers and say, why not? I mean, this is an offense. It just seems to be flowing. Now, <laughs> I got I to gotta be honest, I have a lot of trepidation of this team going into Tampa Bay. I, I'm not feeling good about this. Hopefully, it's just me overthinking it. But you got Tom Brady taking a loss. Now, they didn't look great in that loss to a really good defense of the Chicago Bears. Packers don't have that kind of defense. And their defense played pretty well, but then again, they're not facing Nick Foles. They're going to be facing Aaron Rodgers, okay? So there's a lot of circumstances to this. But now you've given that team 10 days to be laser-focused for you to come into their place after they ended up losing a game and now they're just salivating to get back into the win column. Packers, you just seem like everything's flowing. It's good. What we got to worry about? That's when it can come and bite you. I'm not saying this is a trap game by any stretch of the imagination. You're playing Tom Brady. Guy's got more wins in the postseason than most franchises have appearances. He has more appearances in the postseason than most franchises do. So you've you've got some you've got some serious things to be concerned about. But my question is, does Matt LaFleur, with all that's going on, need to start to be considered in the same coaching pedigree as, say, a Shanahan or McVay? I think Shanahan's good. I like what he does. I like his offense better than McVay. McVay, what he has done is he's turned it back over to the run game. You you don't have Todd Gurley anymore. You don't have to force feed him the ball to make him the focus. And Goff actually has somebody now – in that backfield, in that run game, weaponry, much like what we're witnessing with Aaron Rodgers and company, where they're spreading it around, they've got ability back there. And it seems like they've got things back on track. 
But should Matt LaFleur have – Matt LaFleur doesn't get enough credit because he gives credit to a lot of other people, namely Kyle Shanahan. So we always go, oh, okay, well, it's Shanahan's deal. But do you think that Matt LaFleur, for what he's had to endure, and it's not you know, difficult by any stretch, but he had to come in and he had to come in and massage egos. He had to come in and massage not only himself into a head coaching role and grab that respect, but also make sure that he didn't alienate anybody along the way and to get what he wanted in place. Should we look at, at Matt LaFleur in the same light that we look at Shanahan and McVeigh? 855-830-8648. If you want to hit me up over on Twitter, do so. At Bill underscore Michaels. At Bill underscore Michaels. At Radio Joe Sports. Radio Joe producing the program today. At, at Evan Heff 25. Evan Heffelfinger behind the glass. You can find us on the Facebook fan page. You can hit us up the old-fashioned way on email. Bill Michaels at BillMichaelsSports.com. Three words. Stick them all together. Bill Michaels at BillMichaelsSports.com. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Quick Trip. Mom would be proud of Quick Trip. Because they're making some meals, they're doing it in a in a just a wholesome, good old fashion. Then they package them up, they ship them out. All you got to do is go there, open them up, put them in the microwave, stuff them in your grill. It's that good. Use that quick rewards card uh, as well along the way. But it's good, good stuff coming from our friends at Quick Trip. If you haven't tried it yet, they've got chicken fettuccine Alfredo, they've got pork, they've got chicken, they've got turkey, gravy, mashed potatoes, stuff. I stopped and actually had some of their chicken. T- and I have, I, you know me, I've been trying to watch what I eat. But I was just salivating. I walked into one of their stores up in Grafton, and uh, I just smelled it. I smelled that chicken and those chicken tenders. And, oh, my God, those chicken tenders are better than any chicken tender I've ever had. If you haven't tried their chicken, their chicken's fantastic. It just melts in your mouth. So, look, if you haven't been to Quick Trip and picked up some of these instant meals or these quick take-homes, Try it. It's better than a lot of fast food restaurants that are out there right here, right now. Check out our friends from Quick Trip. So you tell me, should Matt LaFleur be considered in the same coaching pedigree, the same coaching pedestal maybe, as we put a guy like Shanahan or, or McVay? 855-830-8648. A lot to nosh on today on a Monday edition of the Bill Michael Show. We'll be right back. Border to Border, the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. Welcome back. We are glad you are with us. Thanks, as always. Uh, Good stuff. Back here on a Monday, watching the NFL over the weekend, watching offenses over the weekend, and you keep thinking to yourself, for the uh, Green Bay Packers' sake, why not Green Bay? You know what I mean? Why not Green Bay? Packers' offense looks as good as any, and their defense just has to support what it is their offense is doing. Now, there's other teams that are out there that have probably better defenses, the Chicago Bears being one of them. But their offense is nowhere near as good. Now, defense wins your championship. That's a cliche that is something of meaning because it's it's right more often than not. But uh, we have morphed into a a game in which the offense and it's a quarterback-driven league also means something. So when you look at Matt LaFleur and what he's done since he came through the door, and that is become the head coach, really kind of take over 
the top spot with all the conjecture about the relationship between him and Aaron Rodgers. And not only that, but their offense is is playing at a high level. I mean, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers, year number two, has really bought in. And whatever Aaron has been able to do in conjunction with the head coach has been solid. And the fact that you watch this team and Aaron Rodgers spread the ball around. There's just so many different guys that they've given the ball to. And you see a guy like Jamal Williams catch eight passes out of the backfield. I mean, come on. They're doing it in any way possible. It's just getting done. Well, it also helps that you got a pretty good offensive line, let's be honest. But instead of giving all the credit to Sean McVay or to Kyle Shanahan, should we now be looking at Matt LaFleur? With all these other coaches, these young coaches, remember Matt Nagy was supposed to come in and be this guru and elevate Mitch Trubisky to a, to an unbelievable level, to a championship level, and that, that's failed miserably. And we've seen Matt Nagy tries to be the smartest guy in the room and fails more often than not. You know, we've seen coaches that have come in and have been supposedly the next and then insert whatever – adjectives you want to throw along behind it and instead Matt LaFleur very quietly came in and just you know with all the speculation and all for lack of a better term all the doubt and has done nothing but excel has yet to lose a game in the division and is 17 and 3 in the regular season 4-0 start an inordinate amount of points to start the season this year in year two of the offense and doing it without any benefit of off-season workouts, mini-camps, OTAs, or anything like that. So do we start talking about Matt LaFleur in that particular light? You can hit us up again over there on Twitter, at Bill underscore Michaels, at Bill underscore Michaels, at Radio Joe Sports, uh, at Evan Heff 25. You can also find me uh, on uh, the Facebook fan page. Go to Facebook.com slash The Bill Michaels Show, and then there's the old-fashioned way of emailing me, Bill Michaels at BillMichaelsSports.com. Uh, the one thing that uh, Baby Shaka says, uh, before we anoint him anything, let's get to a Super Bowl first. Um, this one is from uh, Bacon Maestro. Bacon Maestro writes in Wendy's email inbox and says, I think Matt LaFleur is a very good coach, but he is very quiet right now, only in year two. Let's give him another year to say that we can start comparing him to some of the coaches that have been to a Super Bowl. He was outcoached by Kyle Shanahan last year, so no, not just yet. Katrina says, I think he's done an amazing job in the handling of the relationship between he and Aaron Rodgers. Once you got Aaron Rodgers to buy in, everybody bought in. I think he should be considered one of the best coaches in Packer history. I, you, you, I appreciate where you're coming from. But you can't go to the to Packers history. You can look at it historically as far as the start that he's had. You could say that, yes, he's gotten off to the fastest start of Packers coaches in Packers history. But I don't think he's one of the best in Packers history because time hasn't been time hasn't been told yet. We're in a very infant stage. Maybe a tenth. Of his career as a Green Bay Packer, you would hope, because that means there's no turmoil and he's he's lasted a decade, much like Mike McCarthy did and beyond. But you want to see where the wins stack up. You want to see the adversity he has to face. Um, you know, what happens in a year in which he doesn't have Aaron Rodgers? 
You know, you hope that that doesn't happen. But what happens if it does? You know, is he able to take another quarterback and allow them to be um, to work within the system to be very, very good to sustain? Will he get wins without Aaron Rodgers? It was a struggle for Mike McCarthy because when you rely upon the throwing game and upon just Aaron, you know, when that guy's gone, when that cog is out of the machine, the machine didn't run right. We saw that. So now we wait and see. You know, I think he's off to a tremendous start, but I'm not going to say he's the greatest coach in Packer history or even one of. I'm going to say he's off to as good a start, if better, than some of the greatest coaches in quarter area in uh, Green Bay Packer history. That I could go along with. 855-830-8648. You want to chime in, go ahead and do so. Uh, Brad says, what did I take away from the weekend? It was that the Seahawks offense, not as good as everybody thought. Many were saying that the Packers have only been putting up big numbers because they haven't played anyone decent. But the Seahawks couldn't even put up 30 against the Vikings, who the Packers beat quite handily. And the Bears still suck. That's from Brad listening to us up in Sturgeon Bay. This is from Noah. Noah writes in one of his email inbox, Hey, guys, a great weekend of sports without the Green Bay Packers. It gives you a chance to open your eyes and look around the rest of the NFL. There's probably only a couple of teams that are really, really good. The Packers, in my opinion, are one of them. Yes, Kansas City got beat, but they're still a damn good football team. I don't think anybody's going to take, going to take that away from them, and we're not going to anoint Las Vegas as the team to beat in the NFC, so let's keep it real. I think L.A. is really good, the Rams. And I think that San Francisco will get better. We can't overlook Seattle just because they have a lot of flaws. There's still a team that is winning football games, and that's all you're being asked to do. I think Big Ben and the Steelers are going to be just fine. I don't know what the rest of the AFC is going to hold. Still a lot up in the air, and this game against Tampa Bay scares me. Appreciate it. Good stuff. 855-830-8648. Let's do this. Uh, we'll take a quick break. We'll come back. Our buddy Stephen Watson, sports reporter and anchor for uh, WISN 12 in Milwaukee, is going to be joining us. We'll talk with him about a lot of these same topics and get his thoughts as it was a busy weekend in the NFL. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Van Horn Automotive. Van Horn wants to buy your car. And if you're looking for a new car, a used car, you can take your car in and trade it in. Or if you're just looking for some cash, you can go and sell it. No pressure to buy another one. Don't worry about it. Hell, they'll even give you a ride home if you're within reason. So don't don't worry about getting into our friends at Van Horn. Just let them treat you right in any way, shape, or form. And if you've been thinking about service for your vehicle, some unexpected, let's say the check engine light just popped on, don't put it off. They even finance service during these tough times. You can get 0% APR for 12 months up to 2000 bucks on service, as a matter of fact, on your vehicle. So there's no reason that you would hold off anything when it comes to your automotive needs from Van Horn Automotive, locations in in Wisconsin and over in Iowa, and they're just great people and a great place to go to. And uh, they give you uh, top cash for your car, and they're looking to make deals right now because the 2021s are going to start rolling in. Go to VanHornAuto.com. That is VanHornAuto.com. They are family-born and employee-owned. Again, go to VanHornAuto.com. Talking with Stephen Watson, sports reporter and anchor for WISN 12 in Milwaukee. He's going to be joining us coming up next. Does he think we should be talking more about Matt LaFleur and not giving credit, or at least as much credit, to Kyle Shanahan or a guy like Sean McVay because LaFleur is the next offensive genius we should be paying attention to? That next on The Bill Michael Show. 16 stations strong. The Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. 
friends at Epoxy Flooring done right. They're doing it all over the state of Wisconsin. Green Bay to Racine, everywhere in between. Epoxy Flooring, polyurea coatings, colors, finishes. Whatever it is you're looking for just to enhance the beauty of your home. Or maybe you're a business owner. So you got a uh, showroom that you would like to have, to have done. Or industrial. And keep uh, keep the concrete and keep everything around you looking nice and uh, refreshed. And they warranty it for life, by the way. I mean, so And they can do painting in that same room as well. Go to epoxyflooringdoneright.com. That is epoxyflooringdoneright.com. And uh, see for yourself everything we've been telling you about. Uh, our good buddy Sean over there, they do such a great job. And like I said, they warranty it for life. Go to epoxyflooringdoneright.com. Talking Packers and why not the Green Bay Packers when you start to think about heading down to Tampa Bay for a Super Bowl this year. Stephen Watson, sports reporter, anchor for WISN 12 in Milwaukee, joining us on the Schneider Orange Hotline. Stephen, how you doing? I'm doing very well, Bill. Thanks, as always, for having me on. Glad, glad to have you. So uh, I, I'm watching these games yesterday, and I've been watching and kind of thinking about this Packers offense and this team as a whole. And I, the more you get into the season, you realize that there's not a team that doesn't have a flaw. So I start to say to myself, why not Green Bay? I mean, it would be just our kind of a year where you have the Badgers who win the Big Ten and then they don't have an NCAA tournament, where you have uh, a team like the Admirals who are on their way to a Calder Cup. That gets derailed. The Bucks got derailed. The Brewers season gets derailed. Why not go to a Super Bowl in a year in which we had COVID? We don't even know if we're going to have fans in the stands, but why not the Green Bay Packers, you know? 2020 is the year of uh, mysteries and odd outcomes. So, yeah, I'm with you, Bill. I mean, um I don't think anybody could have seen this type of start from this Packers team in the second year under Matt LaFleur 13 and three last year felt like it was a little bit of uh, overproduction of, of sorts. Uh, I don't think many people anticipated that type of success. Uh, they're kind of playing with house money going to that NFC championship game and the way that they started off this year with the injuries to Devonte Adams and, you know, Kenny Clark on the defensive side of the ball. Now, all of a sudden, we're talking about the Packers being the best team in the NFL. And as you said, it's Super Bowl contenders. It's really an unbelievable turnaround. And uh, I think Matt LaFleur deserves all the credit in the world for that. Should we be talking about about Matt LaFleur in a higher regard? Uh, Because we hear, and even Matt LaFleur gives a lot of credit to a guy like Kyle Shanahan, who he worked with. But at this point in time, with the success that he's had, should we be talking more highly of Matt LaFleur? Should he be getting more credit, not only in our own backyard, but nationally as to what he's been able to accomplish since taking over as the head coach of the Green Bay Packers? No question. And I know the quarterbacks can always get the most attention. It's the most important you know, position in all of sports and probably the most scrutinized as well. And Aaron deserves every bit of praise that he has gotten through the first four games of the season. At the end of the day, he is the one throwing the football He's making undrafted players like Alan Lazard and Robert Tanyan look like future pro bowlers for this season. Um, But that also doesn't happen by accident. That is a lot of Matt LaFleur, what he wanted to bring into this system, a lot of two back sets, a lot of two tight end sets that have created space for guys like Tanyan and guys like Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones to catch more passes out of the backfield. And the way that he has schemed this offense to make these – no-namers look like star players is uh it's a credit to Matt LaFleur and and the reason I say that is because we haven't heard Aaron Rodgers speak so glowingly about his head coach and scheme like we have this year I mean for Aaron Rodgers to go out of his way 
to compliment play calls that Matt is making. Like those are, those are very calculated decisions by Aaron Rodgers when he says that in his weekly availabilities and after games, like he definitely is the type of player that he says what he means. And he also understands that when he says something, it carries a lot of weight. And I think the way that he has complimented Matt LaFleur through the first four games of this season and the way that he's been able to scheme and create plays and um, open spacing and, and really lead the Packers to the highest offensive rating that they've had in maybe since that 2011 season, I think that's a credit to Matt LaFleur. How big is this game coming? Because, uh, look, it was supposed to be if they got a win over in Minneapolis, that would be a, a monumental accomplishment. And they went in there and they won relatively easy. The win down in New Orleans without fans. People are poo-pooing that. I keep saying, what's going to be a signature win for this team? Is going to Tampa Bay for the first time in front of fans, taking on a team that just fell to the Bears in Thursday night football with 10 days to get ready for Aaron Rodgers and company. Is this, if they get a win in Tampa Bay, is this the signature win that everybody's been looking for? I don't think that this Tampa Bay team is as sexy as it was in the preseason. <laughs> um, I, I think that, you know, this is going to be made into the Aaron Rodgers versus Tom Brady show. I mean, you're talking about, the greatest of all time versus maybe the, the greatest passer of all time in Aaron Rodgers. Um, it deserves the attention. They both have gotten to that platform. They've earned that right. But as far as teams, I, I think the Buccaneers are a team that is overrated. Um, I think that the Packers are, you would expect to be getting a healthy Devontae Adams back into their lineup with another full week of preparation for Tampa Bay, um, barring any, you know, COVID outbreaks or whatever it may be. Um, you know, it's crazy that we still have to talk about that week to week. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't know what the NFL is going to look like next weekend. Right. But assuming the game is played, I, I, I don't see this as being a signature win for the Packers. Um, I don't think road wins, you know, before the season when we were talking about maybe fans and, you know, huge road games and having to go to New Orleans and Tampa Bay and Houston. I mean, look at what Houston looks like right now. They're not the team that, we thought they were going to be entering preseason. I feel the same way about the Buccaneers. I, I just think that the the following week, that game back at Lambeau Field against the Vikings, and then going to the 49ers, I mean, those are, those are games that I feel like we're going to learn a lot more about this team um, beyond this weekend. I, I, I don't want to put too much stock into the Aaron Rodgers-Tom Brady show. Uh, defensively speaking, how much better do you think, if at all, this team can be? And granted, you're going to get Kenny Clark back, and eventually you're going to get a little bit healthier. But I've watched this defense, certainly the secondary, and Jair Alexander, what he's got going on is top-notch. And you're starting to see a little bit more out of Zedaria Smith. You're wondering when Preston – what Pre they're using Preston Smith a little bit differently right now. They've dropped him back a couple of times. He hasn't necessarily been the big pass rusher that we saw last year, but – I wonder how much better this defense can be to sustain what it is this offense is putting up right now. Yeah, and I think Kenny Clark is such a key piece of that. I mean, there's a reason he got paid in the offseason. He's one of the best nose tackles in football, and, and he is a guy that makes Zadarius and Preston that much better. And it's because he is not on that line that Preston's been dropping back in coverage a little bit more, whereas he was the, you know, the sack getter and Zadarius – you know, called himself a pressure guy after his game this past week where he had three sacks in that game. So I, I think that defense goes as a guy like Kenny Clark goes and getting him back on that line is going to be such a huge boost 
uh, for this team going into Tampa Bay when they're going to try and rattle Tom Brady and, and, you know, free up the secondary a little bit against arguably the best whiteout group in the entire NFL. So I think just getting Kenny Clark back, getting him consistently, you would hope back into that rotation on the defensive line. Um, I think going to do wonders because as you've mentioned, Jair Alexander is the top rated cornerback by pro football focus right now. Um, at least he was through the first four weeks of the season. And he's that lockdown corner that has that swagger that um, I remember him on draft night. You were wondering, is this guy really this good or is he just that confident in himself? And that confidence has never wavered. And he's showing why right now. I uh, I look around the rest of the NFC and I Seahawks obviously undefeated, but they're getting it done almost in a one man band. Russell Wilson has been nothing short of amazing. The rest of the NFC, I don't, I'm still not a big believer in in obviously what the Bears have going on. I still think there's some trepidation there, albeit their defense is really really solid. Uh, I still, God, I, I think the Vikings record is, it is what it is, but boy, I thought they were going to be a better team than this. I still think they can be a scary team. I'm not a big believer in Carolina, but I do believe in the experience of New Orleans. I'm waiting for San Francisco to put it all together. I think the Rams are for real. Right now, how do you look at the NFC? Um, I, I see it as a two-team race right now. Um, what, what Russell is doing in Seattle, that win last night over the Vikings in a game that Minnesota just gifted them by not kicking the field goal. I, I think that Seattle and Russell Wilson, they just win games and they find a way to win in the fourth quarter. And that's just such an important statistic in the National Football League, especially as you get later into the season. Um, those are the two set and stone, stone teams. I still think the Saints, even though they got off to that one and two start, after that loss to the Packers, I, I still think that they have the talent. They're going to be getting Michael Thomas back, um, you know, maybe the best weapon receiver in, in the National Football League. Um, I, I think it's going to be a team out of the South is really going to contend. And I think it's going to be the Saints over the Buccaneers when it's all said and done. But as far as the North, I agree with you. I think the Bears are overachieving at four and one at this point. They've gotten gotten away with a couple of wins that uh, they probably shouldn't have. Uh, the Rams are for real. Um, so I, I, But at this point, I think it's Packers, Seahawks, no question, are in a class of their own. Before I let you go, i got to ask you. Now, the Packers have numerous players that are going to be coming up on contract, and one or two or three, they're going to be talking about whether or not this particular player or that particular player is going to have a franchise tag because they can't get a deal done. Do you think watching Dak Prescott being carted off of the field yesterday changes the mind of some when there's money on the table? It's great to bet on yourself, don't get me wrong. I mean, God knows uh, Darrell Rebus did it and made, became a $100 million man because of it. But I don't know if I'm some of these guys, if I'm going to hold out for an extra $2 million a year to watch uh, my career possibly be flushed down the toilet like that. Yeah, I mean, you, you know what the NFL stands for, not for long. And mm -hmm. um, it's it's a really – you know, risk reward type of decision that you're making there. And I hope that Dak gets his money. Um, I hope that the organization, you know, makes good on it, but um, I, I agree. I think you got to take your money when you can get it, um, especially when you're at specific positions. I look at a guy like Aaron Jones right now um, who was you now they're still waiting to pay. And he has proven that he is, you know, as productive as, you know, Dalvin and, and Kamara at this point, but they're still holding out as long as they can to see what might happen. And for him, I, I, 
I think he just has to kind of take the best deal that he can get right now. Whereas somebody like Bakhtiari, I think is going to be able to wait a little bit longer in a, in a position where, you know, he has proven to be a little bit more stable and, you know, the wear and tear isn't as bad as, as running back position, but yeah, it's so hard. It's so hard for these athletes that are in a sport like that, that are, are one play away, not to take the money when it's on the table. And that's why the guaranteed part of all these contracts is way more critical than what the big dollar amount might show in the long-term deal. It's all about guaranteed money, which I'm glad that players are starting to, to get that guaranteed money more than they had in years past. Steven, good stuff. We appreciate it. And we will talk again soon. Okay. All right, thanks for having me on, Bill. Thanks, pal. Talk to you soon. There you go. Stephen Watson, sports reporter and anchor for WISN 12 in Milwaukee. You can find him at WISN underscore Watson. He joins us on the Schneider Orange Hotline. Schneider hiring drivers right now. You work hard. They treat you fair. 80-plus years. They've been doing it 85-plus. If you're looking for a new team or a team, for that matter, call them, 844-PRIDE, or go to schneiderjobs.com. That is 844-PRIDE, or go to schneiderjobs.com. A terrible injury yesterday. We were just talking about it. We'll talk more about it. Coming up next on The Bill Michael Show. Everywhere in Wisconsin, The Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. Now, a green and gold update brought to you by Concordia University, Wisconsin Veterans Services Department. Learn how to use your military benefits at cuw.edu slash veterans. In Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The Packers are back from their bye, preparing for their road trip to Tampa Bay. Green Bay's 4-0. The Buccaneers fell to 3-2 after losing to the Bears last Thursday night. Buccaneers quarterback Tom Brady. We just had some negative plays, you know, in the second half with a negative play you know again to get behind down distance you know that's not where you want to be so team-wide thing that we all got to collectively you know learn each other quickly and make improvements quickly and you know we all have to do a better job everyone on both teams says that they're looking forward to this matchup between two future hall of fame quarterbacks in tom brady and aaron Rodgers. packers offensive coordinator nathaniel hackett you know anybody that's a part of either organization i mean it's just just a great opportunity for all of us to watch them go at it and um, but for them it's it's another game they're, they're, it's just about their level they're at that's nathaniel hackett in green bay i'm mike clemens on the bill michaels show I feel terrible for him. Uh, he, he was having a, a tremendous year, just you know, in my short time working with him. Um, he, he's he's made such an impression um, on me, and and he's you know clearly the leader of a, this football team. And I have no doubt that he'll he'll bounce back from this, and you know this will just be just be all part of his great story. This will, this will just be another chapter in a, in a great story. He's a he's a fine young man and a, an outstanding quarterback. Mike McCarthy, head coach of the Dallas Cowboys, talking about his quarterback, Dak Prescott, went down yesterday, and that's really all the talk, um, in an agonizing tackle in which he snapped his ankle. It uh, you know, was a compound fracture, had surgery last night. Apparently, he is already home, uh, according to reports uh, from ESPN and the NFL Network. But uh, just a, just a, a, a gruesome, gruesome injury. Speaking of that, uh, one thing that we have somewhat overlooked, uh, did anybody notice that Alex Smith played yesterday? He was called upon in Washington. Alex Smith, who had just as ugly, 
if not uglier, a break. Um, and it's at one point they thought they were going to have to amputate his leg. And with everything he's gone through, the surgeries, the screws, the plates, they thought he may never walk again, much less play football, came in yesterday and they showed that, that, that shot of his wife and his kids. And his kids are just cheering. They're smaller kids. They're like, yeah, you know, daddy's back. Uh, but his wife clearly sitting there just for moments as if to say, please, God, let him not get hurt again. You know, but to watch that and, you know, he got jumped on. I mean, at one point where he just had, you know, defenders on his back, just taking him to the ground and just kept waiting to make sure that that leg didn't snap. So to watch Dak Prescott, what you saw yesterday was a quarterback who his career flashed before his very eyes and another one who had the exact same experience, maybe even more detrimental and was able to come back and was able to play and was able to continue on his, in, in his dream in playing in the NFL. So um, the highest of highs and the lowest of lows were witnessed in one day yesterday, in case you didn't look at the opposite side of the spectrum, because all the talk right now is about Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys. But the Alex Smith story, um, <laughs> that's an incredible 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 story and if i'm dak prescott um if i have a call coming to me from alex smith i'm taking that phone call because alex smith is going to say look you can do this you didn't lose a career you just gained a little bit of downtime and a little few you know fewer hits on your body and you can come back from this when we come back mike clemens just talked about uh, nathaniel hackett we're going to hear from the offensive coordinator for the Green Bay Packers. That is coming up next on the Bill Michael Show. Wisconsin wide, the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.